All right, let's turn to Genesis chapter 2. <coughs> Genesis chapter 2. I was thinking about our uh, young people, about our young people. And uh, let's see, we have, I was thinking about all the young people here. But we're going to read Genesis 20, Genesis 2, and we read verses 18 through 25. 18 through 25. Says this, Genesis 18 through 25 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So if you think some of these animals have a funny name, hey, you know who to blame. Like, all right, blame him. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, again, we thank you for loving us. Lord, we thank you for that moment, God, that you saved us, that you stepped into our life and, and, and transformed everything. And Lord, we're glad that we're different. We're glad that we're no longer dead, but we're alive forevermore in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, uh, no matter what's going on, we still have reason to praise you and worship you and adore you, adore you and glory in you and boast in you. And Lord, I pray that right now, whatever might be going on right now, we can say, I abide in Jesus. Jesus abides in me. It is well with my soul. Lord, be with those that are traveling. Uh, Lord, please watch over them and keep them safe. Lord, we think of... Uh, those uh, that might be coming, uh, Lord, for the uh, funeral for Lisa and Lynn's uh, mother, that you'd watch over them as they travel. And please uh, uh, be with Lisa and Lynn and their family. And again, those that uh, uh, knew their mother and comfort them. And Lord, as they uh, share uh, memories and things, dear God, uh, give them a grace and uh, bless them. And uh, Lord, I think of, uh, again, Sister Judy tonight with physical need, uh, Brother John and uh, others. God, touch them where they are as well. And again, Lord, help us through your word. Lord, I do pray for our, our young people that you'd guide them in all the different areas of their life. Again, is uh, they have to make important decisions. And Lord, may they lean upon you and seek the counsel that you provided for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so as we uh, look at uh, here in these verses and visit this scene, I guess uh, the first uh, uh, marriage ceremony. And of course, uh, we, the Bible shows us the right way to think about marriage, right? God gives to us by direct revelation, right? Clear principles uh, concerning, uh, concerning uh, marriage. Notice uh, uh, verse uh, 18, it talks about that, uh, that help 
meet and uh, God bringing a help meet for Adam. That word help meet means, of course, a person to give help. So remember, hey, that's why you're there, right? Uh, God uh, gave Adam somebody to help. And of course, uh, a husband and wife are there to help one another. But it says this, a complimentary helper, right? And so, uh, you know, God gave uh, men and women different strength and weaknesses and different abilities. And so there's supposed to be a complimentary helper. And so, uh, uh, you know, now think about that. It says he gave them a help meet. And that word means a person who gives help. Now, now you can see why people under, have trouble understanding the Bible, right? That's pretty deep right there, right? You know, oh, man, I just can't understand the Bible. Help me. What's that? What's that mean? Well, it means to help, right? To help. And so that's, that's pretty simple. You know, sometimes we, we make things so deep. That sort of <laughs> reminds me when, uh, when, when I was trying to learn Bulgarian, you know, some words right? Uh, they're, they're universal and they're just what we call transliterated. In other words, it's the same in a lot of languages. They just transliterate it into that language. Like I remember, you know, learning to pronounce words in Bulgarian. I, I go up to a, a store and I say, sandwich, sandwich shop, sandwich shop. Oh man, I wonder what that is. Well, I went inside and they made sandwiches. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, that was real deep, right? Real deep. It was sort of like it is something in the Bible sometimes, you know, people say, oh, that's real deep. Well, you know, hey, what's it mean? It means, hey, he, he, Adam needed help. He gave somebody to help him. And so what are we supposed to do as husband and wife? Help one another. And then, of course, it says in verse 22, right, that uh, he, he made a woman and brought her unto the man. So that, again, another deep understanding. What does that mean? It means he brought her to the location where he was, right? And so that's how we need, we need to pray. Right, wanted to make sure they were in the same location, and God is still able to bring a man and a woman to the same location so that they can meet. And woman, right, verse 23, called her woman. That simply means wife or female. So that's pretty clear, right? A wife should be a female. Now, see, God didn't make it difficult. He said, help me, somebody to help, right? And uh, it says uh, uh, he brought her. That means put him in the same location, Right? A woman, wife, female. A wife should be female. See how simple that is? And uh, don't know why I have people understanding those, those things. And uh, so, of course, uh, we, we know that, uh, as it says here, that uh, God made uh, a woman uh, from the, uh, the rib of man, right? I always thought about that. I said, I wonder if Eve had a sense of humor was always ribbing Adam. I don't know. But uh, obviously they got a, they, they, obviously they got along. But, you know, the, he said, she's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And what does the Bible say about Jesus in the church? In Ephesians 5, verses 29 through 31, it says this. For no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause, see, he likens it to marriage, shall a man leave his father and mother, and uh, they shall be joined, right? And shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So it's clear in the Bible, as the relationship of Christ and the church, such as to be the relationship of husband and and wife. So turn over to Genesis 1 there and look at verses 26 through 31. Again, it says this, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. 
Let them have again dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the, fr- which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So we see again about man and woman. And again, verse 28 says, God bless them. And so God put man and woman together. And what does he want to do when he brings a man and a woman together? He wants to bless them. He wants them to have a a, a wonderful marriage and a wonderful relationship. That is what God delights to do, to bless your marriage. And notice uh, there it says in uh, uh, verse uh, uh, 24, it mentioned uh, about uh, cleaving. All right. So here, notice this, it says, the foundation for marriage, the responsibility of the first couple was to be fruitful and multiply. This is God's way. Marriage and homes, of course, we know they're under attack today. Of course, the world's trying to redefine uh, uh, marriage and the family. And so we got to realize that that's the foundation of civilization. So what are we to do as Christians? Well, hey, always go back to God's first principles here in the Garden of Eden where we find them and take God's word as it is. We must practice and proclaim the truths of the Bible, especially concerning marriage in this day and age. Our ideas about marriage right, must be more than opinions. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, I talked about truth, right? You know, people say, well, this is your opinion, that's uh, my, uh, uh, you know, this is my opinion, that's your opinion. We need to let people know we don't have simply opinions about these things, right? We have truth about these things. We have God's words. There's an authority about these important, important matters of life. God's word is to be the authority. I've talked to people and I say, well, what's your opinion? I said, well, I don't have an opinion. I said, the Bible says this about it, and I agree with God. God said that, and I agree with God. I believe what God says about that. I take God's side with that. So what we believe about these important matters must be firmly rooted in the Word of God. Again, turning back over to Genesis 2, look again at verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Notice that word uh, uh, cleave. That means to join with, to stay with, right? A man is supposed to, don't, well, listen, women, don't marry no mama's boy, all right? Don't marry no mama's boy. They're supposed to leave and establish their own home, establish their own home and become the head of their home. That's what a man is supposed to do, is to take the lead in that situation. That a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, that is God's design and God's desire. Turn over to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. And notice the first five verses there. 
This is the book of the generations of Adam. Right? What did he do? Well, of course, we know he was the first man, but he, he went there as God told him to, and he established a family. And that's the principle. Every man, right, get married and establish a family. Right? We, that's why we should be, you know, a man gets married. These, these are the generations of. These are the generations of. That's what we should be able to say. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him, male and female created he them and blessed them. And called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived in 130 years and begat sons in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. So here we see the Bible says he created them. Male and female created he them. So male and female, right? Totally different. And he created a male and female all the way to the bone. And I think that's a great that God, that God uh, did that. And so men and women are different in many areas. And of course, even in their, even in their uh, bone structure, and I know it's true because I Googled it to make sure, right? I Googled it, right? And so here, all right, Google uh, gave me evidence and I thought this was pretty uh, interesting. And notice it says the biological sex differences, right, between uh, male and female. I'm not going to get into detail about this, but, you know, I don't know what people are, are thinking, but the, it's very clear the way that he made it. It says, one, normally, uh, not that this is an important thing, women are, uh, tend to be uh, 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 shorter. It says male bones are bigger and stronger in both size and density. Of course, they're supposed to be uh, the strong laborers. But men and women do have the same amount of ribs. So I guess he took one and, you know, put it, put it back there. Right. But here's <laughs> men have bigger heads. I guess that means they're prideful and uh, longer arms and legs. The women relative to body size and uh, sources differ on comparative lengths. But I thought that was interesting. Uh, women's elbows and shoulders are slightly different uh, for men's. That's kind of interesting. Uh, women uh, have a longer torso. Their skeleton accommodates, of course, extra reproductive organs and find space to uh, 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 move things around during pregnancy, and uh, which uh, makes uh, their legs shorter than men. Not what that matters, but the thing is, there's clear differences between men and women. Now, men will like this one. Men have bigger brains. Men have bigger brains. And, of course, they put a cartoon in this that says, my brain's really big, the man says. But the wife says, yeah, but you only use half of it. So I don't know. But so it says men's brains are bigger. And I you know, felt sort of proudful when I first read that. It says by more than 10%. Sorry, women. And I thought that was pretty exciting to know that men's brains are bigger by more than 10 percent. All right. Relative to body size. So just letting you women know that, that our brains are bigger. And you know what? I wish I would have stopped reading right there because it goes on to say, but women's brains have more connections between the two hemispheres using both sides of the brain more much often than men do. I didn't like that part. So our brains are bigger, but you use yours more. Right. 
but it does say women's skulls are thicker. And I said, boy, you're telling me. No, but uh, uh, I'm just telling you, listen, I'm just reading science. This is science. So I better stop right there. But listen, it's clear that men, and it does say that, though. It does say it. I don't know. But I don't know what that has to do with anything. But here's the thing. You know, I know we're joking around there, but it's clear that men and women are different. And we know everything that's going on in our society right now. But God wanted to make it sure that those things were clear, right? This is God's pattern. A man is to marry a woman. A woman is to marry a man. And notice, I think it's also important in in verse 2 there of Genesis 5, notice two things, male and female created them with clear distinctions and blessed them and called their name Adam. I don't think that's just a light thing that God put that in there. I think think the fact that it says and called their name Adam, perhaps to give us a thought or a principle for a woman to take a man's name. I think that's important because even that, you know, even today in a lot of marriages, well, who's going to take whose name or are you going to keep your own name? And, and now you got all these, these hyphen names, you know, because of uh, 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 feminists and all that stuff. And you know what? Really, I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. I don't think it's uh, a biblical. God gave clear uh, a distinction that uh, a man is supposed to be head of the home and that, that a, a woman should take uh, a man's name. And again, that they th- you know, because they think, oh, well, no, listen, uh, it doesn't mean that somebody's better than anybody else or anything like that. But listen, uh, in any organization, right, there has to be a clear distinction of who is supposed to lead. You know, I, when I talk to people about that, I say, uh, listen, I said, when it's raining, what do you do? Well, say, you say, I put an umbrella over my head. Why? Because it's a place of protection against those outside elements, right? It's a place of protection against those outside elements. And I said, that's what, uh, when God put marriage together and he put that woman under the man, you know what he did? He put her under an umbrella, if you will. He gave her a place of protection against those outside elements, right? A man's job is a place of protection, right? And so, you know, God does everything, God does everything right. It's not about beating down a woman or mistreating somebody. But the Bible says, what? Let everything be done decently and order. So I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, a lot of times we just tend to lightly read over things. But I like the fact that it, it says that about, it called their name Adam. I just think that's a, that is a good thought right there. So God's word plainly deals with this thought, right, that a, a, a man is to marry a woman and a woman is to marry a man. Let me give you two verses out of Leviticus 18 verses 22 and 23, you know, because this is what the world promotes today. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It's an abomination. You know, it's amazing how the world tries to uh, write off these verses. Oh, that's not what it's talking about in Romans 1 and all these things. Well, I mean, how do you, how do you get clear in that? The Bible's hard to understand. Is it, you know, how can somebody have trouble understanding that thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is an abomination. And then uh, verse 23, right, uh, says this, neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith, neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Of course, I don't want to get much into, into a discussion about that right now, but let me tell you this. But as society gets more depraved, that's what's going to be next. I'm telling you. 
as wicked and vile as that sounds, because what, does, what, do, what do people in the world, they say, well, we're all just animals. Well, if we're all just animals, what does it matter which animal you love? I guarantee you, that's how depraved the world is becoming. Of course, I don't want to discuss that a lot, but you understand what I'm saying. That's how the depraved and wicked and vile the world is becoming. That's why it's so important that we take such strong biblical stands on these things about marriage and about these social issues, right? You know, uh, uh, I, I try to stay, I say, you know, stay away from politics in that sense, but we do, that doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility to discuss the issues, right? Because these are biblical issues. These are things. And so we do have to deal with the issues that are going on in our world. And we don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to, to, to back up uh, about what marriage is and um, what a man is and what a woman is. I mean, where are we today when you somebody that's supposed to be intelligent and somebody that's going to have authority in our government can't even tell you what a woman is, or they're scared to th- say, you know, uh, you know, well, these the, the the birthing people and all these things. I mean, that's just how warped that sin makes the mind and the heart, and of course makes how warped it ends up making society uh, when those things aren't, uh, aren't under control by the truths and principles of the Word of God. So we need to say, you know, Lord, help us because that's where our society is headed. God says these things are an abomination. He said that thousands of years ago, and God has not changed his mind, right? I mean, you know, I think about they have these pride things. What I think, what is there... What is there to be, you know, I'd like to ask them, what, what, are you, what are you proud about? What are you proud about? Well, you know, I'm proud that I'm an accountant. Well, that's not what makes you what you say you are, right? The only thing that makes you what you are is perversion. So the only thing you can be proud about, if you're proud about what you are, is perversion. And you're saying that your perversion is worth being proud. It's just uh, wick, wicked and vile. And so we need to uh, uh, stand for it. We need to pray for our young people as they're getting out into this stage of life where they're uh, looking, uh, to be, looking to be married. God, again, God says it's an abomination for a man to have relations with another man or a woman with a woman. It is not only sinful, it's the most hideous of sins practiced in any civilization. And I would say that behind this pulpit, and I would say this if CNN was interviewing me too. Wouldn't be afraid to say it and wouldn't back up from it. So, you know, I try to say those things in the church, but listen, if I was ever interviewed, listen, I I may not go out and cause trouble, but I tell you what, you ask me a question, I will give you an answer. I'm not ashamed to say that here, and I would not be ashamed to say it if I was being interviewed on uh, uh, CNN. We need to be strong about these things. Hebrews, uh, uh, I mean, the Word of God's clear on this. So as Christians, we should not only teach our children the truth of the Bible, but also set such wonderful examples in our own marriages, right, that our young people might see these things and know these things. That's why it's so important. It's so important. We think of the young people in our church and, and those that are getting to that age where they're, they're seeking, uh, uh, seeking uh, uh, to be married and all those things. That's why it's so important that we're praying for them, 
praying for them and praying over them. I try to pray for these young people, and especially uh, uh, the ones that aren't married. I try to make sure I pray for them on a daily basis. We need to be praying for them because the Bible shows us the pattern for marriage and that once married, how it is supposed to be pure. We are held accountable to God to be faithful. Hebrews 13, 4 says this, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. That's very clear in the Word of God. These are strong words. If someone in marriage union breaks that relationship of purity by engaging in uh, sexual activity with another uh, a person, that uh, uh, God looks down on that. A whoremonger is someone who engages in sexual relationship before marriage. And it's why with all the temptations out there, that's why it's so important that we pray for our young people. I've seen, I've seen, the, 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 I've seen young people, boy, when, when they were young, I think, man, that is, that, that, that is the most precious young lady. That is just such a, 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 a great young man. But then, you know, a, a, few year, a few years later, right, sin has slipped into their life. And it, 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 it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. So listen, don't, you know, you look here and you say, man, you say, man, that's a, that's a fine young man right there. That's a fine young lady right there. And thank God that is a fine young man right there. Thank God that is a fine young lady right there. But you, we better be praying for him. You better be praying for him. That is so important. Look over at Proverbs chapter 2 talks about uh, those temptations. Proverbs chapter 2 verses 11 uh, through 19 say this, discretion shall preserve thee. That's a good verse for you young people. It's a good verse for everybody. Discretion shall preserve thee. Boy, when you're, when you're going, uh, young men, when you're talking to that young lady, young lady, when you're talking to that man, Lord, give me discretion. If there's anything I need to see in their character, if there's anything I need to see about them, Lord, give me spiritual discretion. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. Understanding what? Understanding the precepts and principles concerning the word of God, concerning the way you should be, concerning the type of person you're looking for, and then the way that when you're developing a relationship and trying to get to know them, uh, the way that you carry that out is so important. Having understanding about how to meet a young man, having understanding about how to, how to, to meet a young lady is so important. Why? To deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh for our words, who leave the paths of uprightness. See, they, they knew, boy, that was a good young man. But what happened? He left the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they, they, they forward in their paths. What? And so these things, what? To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. And look at verse 17. Which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgiveneth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death and her paths are unto the dead. None that go unto her return again. Neither take they hold of the paths of life. And you know, that's talking about a young woman. Forsaketh the guide of her youth. Oh man, she's such a precious young lady. Well, she was at one time. What happened? She forsook the guide of her young people. 
Please do not forsake the guide of your youth. That word forsaketh means, of course, to abandon. It means to, to leave a place empty and go to another place, a new place, which is usually the wrong place, which is usually the wrong place. Proverbs 6, 26, you see, it's talked there again in Proverbs 2, it talked about the strange woman. A woman is a woman who's not, that what does not belong to you. Husbands, no woman other than your wives belong to you, and wives, no man belongs to you but your other than your husband. That's why even in the New Testament says, you know, your own husband, right? Your own uh, a wife. Proverbs 6, 26 says this, For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious things. This verse says what? What well, warns that beginning a relationship with someone who does not belong to you will bring you to a priest of bread. For by means of a horse. And listen, you think you think all, all, all those women are down there walking the street at night. Listen, they will show up in church. Listen, my my foster dad, uh, he was my foster dad was a was a was a was a minister. I'll be honest, he was tall, you know, a decent looking guy, right? My foster dad. He was in his office. He was in his office. His secretary was there. My foster dad. And this woman came and said, oh, I need to talk to the pastor. This woman walks in his office and all she has on is a jacket. And she opens up her jacket right there trying to take advantage of my foster. Of course, he walked out and he went to a secretary and said, get this woman. And he probably had the door open, but get this woman. Listen, listen, let me tell you something. That's how anything the devil can do to slip in on you. Anything, let me tell you. You think they're all down there walking the streets. God will send them. God will send that woman in the church. God will send that, that man into the church. Listen, uh, the, the, these things are, uh, are real. He's out to, he's out to destroy and so don't, don't think. You better get up every day and say, Lord, I try to pray, say, Lord, protect me from the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and pride of life. By the grace of God, I pray that every day. So, and then we see the permanency of marriage. We'll finish up here. Matthew 19, the Bible, God's Word, right? Among other things, it is the authority on marriage. Matthew 19 is clear. The Pharisees also came unto him, talking about Jesus, tempting him. And saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put his, way, his wife for every cause? And he answered and said to them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder, right? You know, uh, uh, you know, this is the thing you talk about. You know, a lot of times you get calls about, uh, 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 and I, I don't want to get into this about marriage and remarriage and that, right? Um, you know, my, 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 uh, my dad, 83, he got, he got, he got remarried recently. My dad got remarried a couple weeks ago. I don't know anybody that, but you know, he, he, he had called me about, he said, Hey Jeff, we'd like you to do our wedding. 
you know, and I got thinking about it. I said, you know, I mean, uh, you know, well, my, my, my mom's dead. Others, you know, but the thing is, uh, a, a, a couple, my dad's married, married so many times. I thought, well, my mom's passed away. One of my stepmoms just passed away. But you know what? Some of them are still alive. No, I would not do my own dad's wedding. I would not do my own dad's wedding. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore, again, God has joined together. Let no man. And usually, you know, my, 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 uh, my, my counsel on that, right? They say, you know, they, they, they do that and they, you know, I, I realize things happen. And, you know, it says what, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. And, you know, and I know the Bible talks about, I don't want to get into that uh, a marriage. And, and I see, you know what I tell them? I say, listen, uh, God, God didn't take your, your God didn't uh, um, uh, take your marriage from you, right? The, 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 the legal did that, right? The law did that or whatever. And so I said, since it's the government that, that took your marriage, I said, well, then, you know, I don't want to get off into that. But, you know, I just made that decision that I, I personally, won't, personally won't do it. Don't want to get into that. Anyways, wherefore, verse 7, they say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? He's saying then, because, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whoso marrieth her, which putteth away, doth commit adultery. So the Bible gives some clear guidance there. Right? The Pharisees tempted Jesus, asking why Moses had done this. But he said, what? From the beginning, it was not so. From the beginning, was, he was very clear and stated emphatically that it is God's design for marriage to be permanent. Now, of course, many uh, people have experienced uh, uh, divorce. And, you know, it, it, it's, and many, it's, it's, you know, things happen. It, it, it's not their it's, it's not their fault, you know. I mean, I, I look at, you know, my mother. What, what wasn't her fault? She was left with, you know, four kids living in the projects on welfare in, in uh, uh, Dallas, Texas. And, you know, my dad just took off. Those are, those are hard things. Those are hard things. But, you know, uh, uh, but thank uh, God those that do the right thing and turn things over the Lord. And uh, many people in that situation have gone on and serve God in a wonderful way. And we praise, uh, we praise uh, God for that. And even if, you know, maybe people were uh, divorced and then they were lost and they got remarried, all those things. But hey, listen, uh, thank God for the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, whatever's happened in your life, thank God he meets you where you're at and he's willing to take you and move you forward. So there's, there's so many ideas so contrary to the Bible that have become institutionalized in the thinking of people. But may God help us to have marriage based upon on biblical principles. And again, I think uh, uh, young people, that's why it's so important uh, that you stay uh, close to God, that you, uh, that you make sure you understand these things. And you know, it doesn't matter how uh, 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 good looking or how whatever uh, 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 some, somebody is, uh, listen, you, you better make sure that you keep your eyes on the Lord and, and follow the biblical principles for these things. Let's pray.